Share Care, helping you. Get younger, get guidance, get better care, get smart, get fit. Radio MD presents Share Care Radio with Daria Long Gillespie, MD. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Dr. Daria. Today, we are going to talk about a subject that we all suffer from, and that is stress. And last night, I worked in the emergency department until around two in the morning, and not only was that raising my own stress level, but it always is a reminder of the impact of stress on our lives. We see people with stressful events and they can have increased rates of heart attack and other health catastrophes. We also know that stress is hurting our productivity and and harming our health in other ways and been linked to obesity, Alzheimer's, diabetes, depression, uh, gastrointestinal problems, even asthma. And not that, only that it kind of makes all of us miserable. So in the next 18 and a half minutes after you finish this episode, I'm telling you, you are going to be less stressed. So why not join me? And we're going to have some evidence about meditation and mindfulness. And I, to help us with all of that, I have Light Watkins. He's an expert in this field. He's practiced and taught in the meditation space for 15 years. He's authored the book, The Inner Gym, which is a step-by-step guide to meditation. And you've seen him on Mind, Body, Green, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, with tips for taking medita- making meditation something that all of us, even me with my life as scattered as, ever, as it is every single day, something that we all can do. So Light, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm fascinated by by your career path. You you spend your days. I mean, how wonderful you spend your days teaching people to meditate. But it's such it's not a traditional career path. You know what led you to it? Um, you know, I, I I was inspired. Honestly, I was inspired by a guy that I met about 13 years ago, who's a meditation teacher. And, and mm-hmm. you know how it is when you when you see someone who's actually doing something that. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're successful at it. And in terms of, you know, you seem happy. Um, Mm -hmm. Then it gives you a point of reference and you think, oh, okay, well, that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. So so I never even, I've never thought in a million years I would ever become a meditation teacher. And (laughs) and so literally right before I met this guy, it was one of those, one of those just life altering moments that, that we all have from time to time. And that was mine. And, um, and what was interesting is I had been struggling to meditate for a few years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just figured, you know, this is just something that requires a lot of struggle and a lot of discipline. And, and of course, this is before, mm-hmm. you know, now everybody seems to want to learn how to meditate. But back then, hardly anybody I knew was meditating. Mm-hmm. It was it's a really very, mm-hmm. it was a very fringe sort of novel thing. So I didn't have anyone to kind of, you know, there was no one in my life who I could look to that was uh, doing this practice, except for this one friend of mine who ended up introducing me to this, uh, this, this, this guy who became my teacher. So once mm-hmm. I, once that happened, it, it, it seemed like a foregone conclusion. And, um, and it just it was a matter of just continuing to take the next step. What was the, you know, the thing that it, cause I think what you're talking about, even now with meditation being a lot more mainstream, even myself, I know it's something that could be helpful, but I struggle mm-hmm. to find the time or the, to, to, to do it. So what was the thing that you learned from him that really flipped that switch from struggle to able? Yeah, it was the first time I felt something tangible happen in meditation, mm-hmm. right? Normally, I would be just kind of doing the whole pinball machine thing in my mind, you know, going yeah. from one thought to the next thought to the next thought. Mm-hmm. And just biding my time, waiting for, waiting for uh, the thing to be over. 
But mm-hmm. my teacher had a, he was a transcendental meditation teacher. So I didn't know anything about TM at the time, but that's what he taught me to do. And the whole idea behind that approach, because there's other transcendental meditation is also, it's a, it's a, it's a trademark, it's a brand, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, uh, rollerblades. So there are other, sure. there are other, it, it fits in a larger category of, of meditation, which is known mm-hmm. as a, uh, transcending techniques. And so that means mm-hmm. you were able to go beyond the busy mind. And that was the first time I ever mm. experienced that. And once I, once I did that, it was like, it was like you should, you took me out to space or you showed me the ocean for the first time. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it became this, this experience that I look forward to doing it. And, and, and it's something that when I teach people how to do it now, everyone is always amazed by, not only how easy it is, but just by the fact that this whole other dynamic, this whole other realm is existing just beyond the ridge of their everyday mental clutter. And all they have to do is sit down for, you know, a, the length of a phone conversation to experience it. That's amazing. I mean, and you're right. The mental clutter, the pinball effect inside my brain. I, I think you're looking inside my brain right now. Um, <laughs> on that. So I, I want to get to that and how we do that. And I know you have your book, The Inner Gym, which yeah. sounds amazing, you know, about strengthening your, you know, your brain muscles the same way. You know, what yeah. are some, how do we start, you know, building our inner gym? Well, I, I, um, I list about six exercises. I call them inner exercises. Mm-hmm. And the goal of practicing these inner exercises is to strengthen our happiness muscles, because there's also a big misconception around this idea that happiness is a choice. And you, you hear this a lot in the mm-hmm. sort of yoga, spiritual, new age uh, movement. All you have mm-hmm. to do is just choose to be happy. Mm-hmm. And my, my point is, if it was that easy, then everybody would be happy all the time. Right? Yes. So obviously, mm-hmm. it takes a little more than just choosing it. And in fact, we should start treating happiness like it's a muscle, right? So you go to the gym the first day after not having worked out for years or maybe not ever, not ever working out. No one's going to expect you to jump up on the pull-up bar and, and bang out, you know, 10 or 20 pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can do one. Maybe you can only do half of one. But yes. the difference in you doing one and you doing 10 is what? It's training. Everybody right. gets that. You just have to keep training. And so what if happiness was the same way? What if, right. what if huh. you know, you never exercising your happiness muscles resulted in you, you know, having some change of expectation, such as, you know, you get, you get fired or someone breaks up with you or, you know, or even just you get stuck in traffic. If you never exercise mm-hmm. those muscles, then it's going to be nearly impossible for you to maintain a mm-hmm. sense of calm and peace and, and, and equilibrium in a situation like that. Whereas mm-hmm. if you practiced and worked worked out those happiness muscles then it's 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 relatively easy to to mm-hmm. feel a sense of, of calm and peace in a situation where someone else may be losing their mind so yeah uh, you make such a, a such a great point there I, just, I want to make sure we really highlight that you know you're saying it's it's not that really happiness is a choice and that I can just choose to be happy at this moment but you can choose to practice and develop your like you mentioned happiness exactly. muscles exactly Exactly. Yes. But here's the here's the uh, the irony of it is that it really is a chicken and egg type of a thing, you know, because when you're stressed, you know, you're saying all that about stress, which is absolutely correct. When you're stressed, the last thing you feel like doing Mm -hmm. any of the exercises that 
are responsible for strengthening happiness. And they're, they're not complicated. They're just very simple things, such as meditation, mm-hmm. right? Meditation, daily meditation is a foundation. It's a foundational habit to maintaining happiness. Uh, it's not to say you can't be happy without meditation, but if you really want to strengthen your happiness, you have to, you have to do some sort of internal mm-hmm. uh, attention practice. And then on top of that, it's just everything that we tell our kids. You know, be gra- uh, gratitude, practice gratitude, yes. say thank you. And mm-hmm. gratitude um, is so important. I exactly. fully agree with that. Mm-hmm. And then another big one that surprises people is the act of receiving, right? A lot of us mm, are really good that? about, a lot of us are really good about giving, but we're really bad about receiving. When someone gives to us from the heart, we'll say, no, no, you don't have to do that. No, you go out of your way. Mm-hmm. No, you're not realizing that we're actually stunting the 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 law of circulation um, from from prohibiting that other person to give to us. Hmm. So so we have to be open to receiving because that also it allows us to feel better about giving. So receiving sure. is important. Giving is also important. Meaning random acts of kindness, um, mm-hmm. slowing down, just taking a pause, taking a beat before you say something, uh, making sure you're. You're actively listening to people, being patient. Uh, you know, these are the little things, the sort of mm-hmm. what I call the mortar in between the bricks um, that I think get overlooked a lot because we kind of think about the bigger things. You know, I need to follow my heart. I need to to make sure that I'm, I'm not doing anything that's, you know, working against my passions and, mm-hmm. you know, these kinds of more abstract um, ideas, which are fine, but... It's the little moment, it's the little moments it in is. life that I think add to the, the overall uh, sense of happiness. It is, and it became all of those things. It sounds like those are all they feed upon each other because the yeah. more you do some meditation, you can be more present. The more you're present, you can take that moment and connect to somebody or actively listen. I mean, I noticed it anecdotally in the emergency department. Sometimes you're so rushed and rush on to the next patient, or you right. just take that moment and you pause listen to that person a little bit more and yeah. you know or you put them in and like you just categorize them you know mm-hmm. you're like, oh this person is and and maybe right. they reveal some information where actually they have something a special situation that's happening that yes. you could probably help them mm-hmm. with it and enables me as a physician to take better care of them it enables them to feel heard and you know what it, it helps it rejuvenates me because i've connected with somebody on a human level so right. whether that's a patient or somebody helping you in the grocery store or a coworker. I, you know, I, I fully agree. I think those all support each other. And I think most interactions, you know, they, especially when you're dealing with people in the public, they can feel like you're, you're being shuffled through the TSA line. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. this is not very warm, but all mm-hmm. stock answers. Nobody's really being vulnerable or listening to anyone mm-hmm. else. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, and, it, and it makes, it makes the interaction a remarkable one when we just, take a moment and stop and really yeah. listen and pay attention and, and practice patience and, and, yeah. and slowing down to appreciate what's, what's around us. And it's, it's a practice. It doesn't, it doesn't happen easily. So that's, that's why I like this kind of gym metaphor mm-hmm. because we get it with working out. Nobody expects right. it. It makes sense. Get all as much as I'd like overnight. to, I'm not going to yeah. go do in the, go in and do those 20 push ups or pull ups no, without no. practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Exactly. That makes sense. So you're saying that meditation is kind of the foundational element of it, you know, yeah. especially for somebody like myself. And I've said it on the radio show. I have had a lot. Of, a lot of people have mentioned meditation to me, and my crazy pinball brain is starting to recognize <laughs> that maybe I should actually do this. Uh, yeah. For all of our listeners out there who are are kind of the same, and they're thinking, "Gosh, it's kind of daunting." You know, you talk about meditation for somebody who's a total beginner, and yeah. you know. How much time do I need to, and I, I know we're going to go in a second, just you're actually going to guide us in a two-minute meditation, but how much time do I really need to devote to this Well, to start off the, with? The important thing is uh, you don't need that much time to actually physically sit down and meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you can have really powerful experiences um, with just, you know, even five or ten minutes of sitting in the morning and meditating a day. However, it does need to be a consistent thing, and meaning you're not going to really benefit if you only meditate once a week or, okay. you know, or, or once every other week. But, you know, you, you also want to, you want to look at, at, at learning how to meditate, since this is something that you will be investing some time into. Mm-hmm. You want to look at understanding the, the foundation and the principles of it. So mm-hmm. I, I liken it to swimming, right? Like we all have the ability to swim, but personally, I didn't learn how to swim until I was in my 30s. So oh, wow. for me, the water was not anywhere where I was really all that comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the idea of swimming laps in a pool was, would, would just be daunting to me. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. people approach meditation like that, where mm-hmm. they think that their thoughts are just this, you know, this thing that they don't want to get trapped into because they, they may drown in them and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel very good. Mm-hmm. And so what I ended up doing when I was in my 30s was I said, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to go down to the pool and I'm going to take some lessons to learn how to do this thing properly so I can enjoy the experience. And so if it's going to be something you do all the time, I would recommend you know, seriously taking some lessons so you can learn the basic principles. Mm-hmm. And how how long is that going to last? I don't know. Maybe I I teach people over four or five days, but you can also find video courses or you can read a book. Like mm-hmm. you said, the inner gym is a series of lessons. So I would okay. invest that initial time, however long that takes, in order to learn the principles properly so then that you're maximizing the little time that you're spending on a daily basis. That makes sense. Just like you're not saying d- jump in for the first time and swim the butterfly. Yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. Because then you're just going to end up getting frustrated and you're going to mm-hmm. come away from that experience thinking, hey, I can't meditate. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Anyone with arms and legs and the ability to breathe can swim. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of learning the mechanics. That's all that, that's the only difference and okay. practicing it enough. No, that makes sense. And I'm also, a, you know, one thing I always tell people is whether it's you're trying to lose weight or get stronger or do anything different, set yourself up to succeed. And that means making you have the right toolkit. Correct. So, you know, and then instruction like the inner gym is a great way to do that. Um, right. And you mentioned transcendental meditation. How can, I know there's a number of different types of meditation, and we're not going to get into all of them right now, but right. are there, is there any place people can go to kind of figure out which kind would be right for them? You know, I, as a general rule of thumb, <clears throat> I would suggest exploring online first, mm-hmm. um, talking to people, asking people, especially now because a lot of people are doing are, are meditating, and you wanna you wanna find the people who are enjoying 
their practice. Mm-hmm. That's a good right? point. If you if you right. if you're talking to someone and they're saying, "Yeah, you should meditate, but it requires all this discipline and it's so hard," but you can you can do it, you can power through, right? That's probably not going to that's work awesome. for you. All it? right. Well, and if well, someone is a is a monk, you're probably not going to excel at that practice either. But if they're enjoying <laughs> their practice, unless you're a monk, mm-hmm. unless you're a monk, right? All right, Light. Well, let's do that. Can you take us through a two-minute meditation for all of our listeners? If you're driving, pull over, please. But take us through it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you want to make sure you're sitting comfortably. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you want to close our eyes. And the biggest thing, the biggest uh, barrier to enjoying meditation is that we tend to resist the thought. So I want, I want you guys to go the other way with it, and I want you to look at your thoughts as a, 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 a correct part of the process, meaning it's okay to have thoughts, right? Okay. Don't resist anything. Embrace the thoughts. And now I want you to take a deep breath into your nose. And as you exhale all the air out, I want you to start just relaxing your entire body. We may have to do this a couple of times depending on how much tension there is in the body. So just take another deep breath in. Make sure you... you Relax your shoulders as you breathe out. Mm-hmm. I'm relaxing. And then, yeah, one more time. Take a deep breath in. And this time I want you to relax your facial muscles as you breathe out. And now just kind of let your breathing be natural. You sh- you're, sitting, you're sitting there completely relaxed. And you have your busy mind, of course. And then you're just going to notice your, your soft breath. Right? Notice the inhales and exhales. And you can use this as an anchor point, meaning when your mind strays, and it will stray, when it does so, that's great. That's fine. When you remember that you're sitting here relaxed in meditation, then you're just going to bring your attention back to your breathing. You're not going to control the breathing. You're just going to notice it. Okay. And if you feel the need to itch or move in any way, please do whatever you have to do to stay comfortable. And if you hear noises, I want you to allow your mind to stray and experience the noise. And then when you remember, you just come back to your breathing. And that's the basic cycle. So allowing the mind to stray and then coming back to the breathing. So we'll just sit in in silence for one one minute. We have about 20 seconds. And that's that's the basic gist of, of meditation. Thank uh, you, Light. Some, a meditation you can do on your own. Just that's- continue practicing that, letting your your mind wander and coming back to your breathing. I love it. Light Watkins, this was wonderful. I do feel more relaxed right now. All of our listeners, again, check out the inner gym and visit lightwatkins.com or follow him on Twitter and Instagram at lightwatkins. Follow us here at ShareCare Inc. and me at Dr. Daria. Let me know what you want to hear about. This is ShareCare Radio on Radio MD. Thanks for listening. It was a pleasure to have you and stay well.